G'day, mate. What's your name? Billy Darcy. Billy Darcy. What do you do, Billy? Stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of Crowd Workcast. My name's Andrew Barnett. Thanks for joining me. Uh, got a great episode for you today. My guest is Billy Darcy, comedian and podcaster, um, an absolute uh, champion guy. It was a fun chat, so I won't hold you up too long. But I do need to plug where Billy, uh, you can find Billy on socials. He is Billy.Darcy on Instagram. Uh, he's got a great podcast called Get Around Me with Billy Darcy. You can find that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, he's got a great YouTube channel and a good Facebook page. So the details for all those are in the show notes. Um, so please do uh, go check Billy out. Now, now, importantly, Billy's podcast, he's doing a live recording of his podcast on December 2nd at Kinsella's in Sydney. Uh, so if you're in Sydney, check that out. Um, all the ticketing info is in the bio of his Instagram, which is billy.darcy on Instagram. Go check Billy out. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. It's a great podcast. As for me, if you want to come see me, um, I will be, uh, well, I am going to regional Queensland from the 24th to the 26th of November, which I believe when this drops will be about a week and a half away. Uh, as of the, this recording, I don't actually have the locations, but by now I should have those dates posted on my socials, so please check those out. Uh, December 9, I'll be down in Thoreau at Ryan's Hotel uh, doing comedy down there. And then uh, December 10, Christmas Crackers Showcase at Penrith Panthers. I'll be hosting that for A-List Comedy and the same again at the Juniors at Kingsford on December 16. Uh, all those dates you can find on my socials or uh, website. All those details are in the show notes. Andrew Barnett Comedy on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook and YouTube. So please do like, subscribe wherever you find this. Enough rambling from me. Let's get on with the show. Mate, stand-up comedy. You do do stand-up comedy. You and I were just on a little tour together and you don't just do stand-up comedy, but what I heard on that tour was you are the Australia's new king of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> it was bestowed upon me. This is not this is not something I would go out. Mate. And sort of tell people off my own bat. So what happened was you actually gave me this title in what I would describe as sort of an act of, would you say backstage bullying? <laughs> Is bullying the word we bullying. would use? Mate, that's this generational thing where the, 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 like just a simple bit of fun bands no, I, I think is this now is bullying. Just, Senior comedian bullies <laughs> the youngest bloke on tour. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> and you are, you know, the baton has been passed. Mate, I I don't bully younger comedians. I see, I, that sort of stuff, I love doing that. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it so much. But I would say I am very aware now. Like, because when you're first starting out and you're not, like, it's sort of... No, you need to make sure the person you're doing it to. So basically, if you give someone, like, a dodgy intro yes. backstage, as you did multiple times on this tour... I did not. Maybe, I would say, half the time. <laughs> but <laughs> you got to make sure the person is chill enough to go with it. Because sometimes, yeah. have you ever picked on the wrong bloke and then they just have a panic attack out there? I had. I, there was a comedian that <laughs> I... And I won't name names, but um, a comedian early doors who I, I just sort of felt like you had a bit of a rapport with. And I used yeah. to just 
give a bit of like you know a bit of fun, bit of banter, um, not realizing that they didn't like in their mind we weren't at that spot yet. Oh, and I remember, really? I remember that comedian. Did they bring it up? Yeah, I remember them saying at some stage. Again, you know what? Everyone thinks you're really nice, but you're kind of a cunt. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But and since then, like all sort, and it was because my thing is like I. I'd only do that to an MC. Like I, so the the story is, I did the back announce for you every night. I, yep. So before the show, um, I'd get on the back announce mic. You know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sydney Comedy Festival Showcase Tour. Please welcome to the stage your MC Billy Darcy. Beautiful. Or some variant of that. Yeah. Now, first night, first couple of nights, even I was not going to mess with you because you were let's get things rolling first yeah yeah well also you were you'd said to me like that was your first one doing it for that oh, showcase yeah, yeah, tour yeah. you know i you uh, would have freaked me out if you did the first that, night that's what i yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i knew you were kind of you were kind of just wanted i won't say you were nervous but you just wanted oh, to was, nail it i was nervous but yeah i was just it was my first time hosting the showcases in like these theater settings yeah i've hosted big shows before but they were unis yeah and like unis are kind of my crowd so it's yep. not as intimidating so this is my first. So I did want to nail the first one. Yeah. Especially. But by the third night, the wheels were off. <laughs> yes. Well, that was the thing. I wouldn't have done it to you if I thought it wasn't, you weren't going to handle it. Like, I love doing that more with comic, like comedians. One, you've got to be mates with them. Yep. And it's got to be a, like a, a fun joke for the two of you. And also, you've got to have to be confident that no matter what you say at that start, point they're not you're not going to throw them to where they can't recover their set yeah yeah, yeah 100% which, which is where I was with you like by then I'm like yeah Billy's Billy's got this he's yeah. nailing these um, one of my favorite yeah. ones you did you I think it was the second half of one of the Byron shows yeah you go ladies and gentlemen comedy is about to be changed forever <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the stage Billy Darcy <laughs> <laughs> that, that's also one of my favourite uh, favourite little things. Like, mate, that's the night comedy change forever. Yeah. Like I'll often find I've got um I've got an app in my phone called Time Hop. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I think I was showing you on the bus. I love it because it just shows you any given day, these are the photos you took on that day, like one year ago, two years ago, whatever. And often you'll just go a gig you haven't thought of or a comedian yeah. you haven't seen in forever, just pop up, you guys doing a gig. And one of my favourite things to do is just go, you know, grab that, say, you know, photo of, you know, me and fucking Wolfie when we were open micers. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. just send it, hey, mate, remember the night comedy changed forever? Oh, Eight years. I might steal that, to be honest. It's so fun. That is hilarious. <laughs> and it's such yeah. a good way to, 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 an excuse to send a message to a comedian you haven't seen in ages yeah. or... You guys haven't chatted. It's just, I, I love that stuff. I love all that fun to a, like all backstage banter. But you got, you're got you right. You got to pick the right people. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I like to, um, when I, because I, I do MC a lot. Um, one of my things, mm. and again, you know, pick your targets. But um, yeah. with my mates, I like to go up to the, uh, or like, and just pretend I don't know how to pronounce their surname. <laughs> so like Nat DeVita. I'm, yep. I'm mates with Nat. I went out to him at Magic Mike when I go, hey, Nat, sorry, just quickly, mate. Is it Damina? <laughs> and he's like, are you fucking serious? And like, it will rattle them sometimes. Like, that, That's one of the names though. Nat's got one of those surnames where I guarantee that's been mispronounced yeah, yeah, a million yeah. times, which <laughs> is why it's so perfect that dude, you're doing it a mate of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good, dude. <laughs> oh, that's great. But the only the only thing made the, the bloody, the back announcing, we had some laughs there. Yeah. There was one moment where the laughter, the day the laughter stopped... <laughs> The Tweed had second half. I stand by this. <laughs> I stand by it. They were wrong. We okay. were right. I, do you know what? So I think when I walked out 
to say to say the joke we had come up with. I think I knew what was going to happen. Mm. But so what happened was, this was the day the Queen died. Yes. I'm hosting Tweed Heads Showcase. Yep. You're there and you're like, mate, you, we got to talk about the Queen. Yeah. And it's the MC, like... You give MC them the does crack the topical at it. stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's you're the one that's got to go out there multiple times. You don't want to necessarily. You're the one who's you know you don't want to get stuck in your material. You yeah, want to yeah. relate, ground them something in the room. This show's happening tonight and tonight only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ground them in the room tonight only. The Queen is dead. <laughs> she was still warm when we delivered the joke, unfortunately. But <laughs> so what happened was, you said, "Oh, mate," because we're on Tweed Heads, which is the border of yes. New South Wales and Queensland. So this worked perfectly. And Batuta did this joke a few days later, but uh, you go... <laughs> ripping us off again. Ripping us off. And so you go, ask everyone who's from Queensland. And they say, wait, oh, sorry, forgot the news. I mean, Kingsland. Perfect joke. It per- works. <laughs> the structure is there. Mm. So I go out there, second half. The first half was pretty wild, but great times. And then the second half, I open. I say, by the way, guys, we're on the border. Yeah. You've got to ask, give me a word if you're from Queensland Oh, sorry, forgot the news. I mean, Kingsland. And she had just died that morning. So what, what we're expecting backstage is some sort of just raucous laughter, then applause, then chance of Billy, <laughs> yeah, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was after, thinking, oh, Billy's left the stage. Oh, God, he's crowd surfing. Yeah, exactly. I was expecting to be at a pub down the road within two minutes of <laughs> yeah, delivering yeah. the joke. You know, cancel the second half. Exactly. We've completed comedy. Go, yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's not getting better than that. Don't worry about it. No way. Call, someone call Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll crowd surf to the Netflix office. Yeah. Anyway, dude, this thing bombed so fucking hard. <laughs> 660 year olds, drunk as shit, complete silence. And then one woman, after about like five seconds of silence, just goes, Not funny. I love that too when a joke bombs. And just in case you as the comedian oh, didn't yeah. recognise the silence as them not finding it funny, she's doubled down. She's Just so you're aware, the reason you're not hearing any noise... Yeah, yeah exactly. ...is we don't find that funny. Dude, what a... They were a fun combative crowd, though, a little bit. Like, that woman... There was that one woman that... Um, oh, this chick, yeah. Oh, man. This she was, was crazy. I thought, I've thought about this since. <laughs> yeah, you were still annoyed at breakfast up. the I next morning. I was riled up about this. So... Yeah, so you were there, obviously. But uh, so basically, when I was emceeing the first half, got heckled quite a bit. Crowd was hammered, mm. but it was fine. This one woman off to the right was just it, like every punchline. She was either one of these. She'd be like, fuck yeah. Or she'd be like, shut up. That's not true. Like just heckling. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I call them is that's your instantaneous reviewer. Yeah. They, they just review line by line. Yeah, they're like uh, authorizing <laughs> you as you go. Yeah. Like, continue. Yeah. Fucking right on. <laughs> no, 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 we don't like that one. And what, I'd, like, what I'd prefer, though, is those people always tend to go with like things like that. No good, bad, like, you know, they wrong, don't. Wrong. I'd just love wrong. to hear. <laughs> I'd love to hear something more developed, like trite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that premise seems a little stretched. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, I love the idea that they think I'm going to fucking take a left turn instead of a right turn because of their feedback. Yeah. The, the, it's one routine. You could throw a bottle at my head. I'd still have to deliver it the same way. Like, you know what I mean? So mm. so she heckled me all night. At one point, she just yelled out, fuck you, with no context. Yep. Love that. Cheers, babe. Thanks for the, thanks for the memories. Oh, you got heckled by a guy walking to his seat that night too, oh, didn't you? No, no, no. He hadn't even got to his seat yet. This was opening the first <laughs> half. 
Dude, Tweed Heads was actually fucking pretty wild. That was because I enjoyed them. No, it was great. The first ten minutes I was up there was it was fucking on. You were working. I was working, and uh, but dude, so the thing was, there was about 150, 200 people in there when I went up, mm. and another two hundred and fifty were coming in. Yeah. But the guy was like, we have to start at eight oh five at the latest. So people are still coming in while I'm on while I'm starting the show. One guy was like, shut up, and he was still scooting across <laughs> to his seat. He hadn't even found his seat yet, and he's already throwing it out. So. Wild show, but in the end, uh, quite a good show. The the Queen line bombed. Probably fair enough. They were all seventy five. Anyway, we're mm. going to the pub after. Oh yeah, few few schooners, and we run into, or she runs into us. The lady, one of the ladies from the crowd, who was heckling me all night, and uh, she's got a chocolate sundae. She's blind, and she was like, "Best show ever," <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why hecklers do this. Yeah. They come over with the energy that they've done you a favour. Mate, we nailed it as a group. Yes. <laughs> we nailed it They take it a bit of credit as yeah. well. And it's like, no, no, no. The show was good despite you. Yeah. Yeah, despite you and your actions, the show was good. But she's like high-fiving me going, yeah, fucking teamwork makes the dream work. Oh. Uh, it was my, no good. My favourite part of that was she, she basically introduced herself as, I'm... The one that was heckling. Uh, I'm Proudly. also a comedian. Yep, that was the craziest bit. Then uh, proceeded to talk about how each of us uh, dealt with the heckling. Yes. <laughs> Reviewed how we how we dealt with her heckling. Also, she noticed she didn't... She wanted to make note of the fact she didn't heckle the one comedian on the bill with a disability. Yeah, so Alexandra Hudson, yeah. <laughs> who is uh, an amazing comedian, new, newer too, and but has uh, cerebral palsy. Yeah. And makes has some of the funniest jokes about oh, it. Dude. The, the world's best closer, I think, the, at the dude, moment. Unbeatable closer. We're, we're not going to ruin it, but uh, did she do it at Raw? Check out Alexandra Hudson's Raw set. Oh, she definitely did it at Raw. Yeah, um, it is. It's an outstanding closer. But she looks at Alexandra and goes, "I didn't heckle you because," and then she just paused and she goes, "I could never. I could never. You won Raw." And yeah. Alexandra did not believe her at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, she was like, I didn't heckle you because you could see her brain just <laughs> looking for anything besides the word because you're disabled. Yeah. She's like, uh, oh, you won Raw. And mm. it's like, oh, so so Raw winners are exempt from fuckwits, are they? Yeah. You know, fair enough. I, I didn't place, so I guess I deserved what I got. <laughs> like, yeah. unofficial fourth, babe. How about a bit of respect? Mate, at least you made the national final. Did you not? No, I got I got knocked out at oh my, I got heggied. Oh, I was the year that uh, yeah Luke Heggie smoked us all in the New South Wales final, then went on to smoke everyone in the yeah. Well, at least he went on to have a great career. Yeah, like imagine if he was the reason you missed out, and then he just never did comedy again. Well, you know who um came runner up that year too. Ronnie to Chang. Ronnie Chang. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. Not a bad one and two to yeah to kick off. So what happened to the winner of your year? Zach Dyer won my year. He's, oh, yeah. He's the bloke he's with around. the mullet from yep. Melbourne. He's still around. Um, I can't think who came second. Maybe Oliver Twist came second. He's still around, too. He's still around. He's doing, like, one-man shows and stuff now. Oh, really? Yeah, but then I think, apart from that, yeah, the people, a couple are still around, but most people... I don't think I had a very... I don't think compared to other years. I think my year was my year no, not as cool. My year New South Wales final. There's a heap still going. Like Nick Kappa um, was in that. Um, 
was in that final. I think Michael Hing was in that final. John Cruikshank was in that oh, final. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was a pretty yeah. good final. I remember talking to Heggy like years later. I was like, man, that was like my third gig. He goes, yeah, mine too. I was like, oh. <laughs> like at yeah. least on the night, I was like, yeah, he's probably been doing comedy a couple of years and really, no, nah, just rocked up, did raw. He's like a comedy robot though because he would just deliver these one-liners in his raw set. Yeah. And they were, every single one was great. Yeah. And then he just walked off. He turned up fully formed. Yeah. And then came, gave it a bit of have that and wandered off. Um, Do you think, actually, did we finish the last story about the... No, we didn't. About the conscious oh. comedy lady. Oh my God, forgot about the conscious bit. So she goes, yeah, I'm actually a comedian myself. Mm. Which I think makes the whole thing so Worse. much more reprehensible. <laughs> yeah. Where's the camaraderie? What, you what should ab- know better. What about the code? Yeah. What about the code? Yeah. You know, magicians have a code and they're fucking way further down on the totem pole than us. Ah, uh, you've never been on a cruise ship. Um, t- mate, <laughs> if we're below magicians, that'll fucking do me. But so she said, and then she said, I'm going to open the first woke comedy room on the Gold Coast because mm. there's nowhere for people to do woke comedy. Yeah, she said, I've been on my own woke journey. Yeah. And I think everyone else needs to as well. And she was kind of implying that our comedy wasn't woke. Yeah, I, I love that. It was called conscious comedy. Conscious comedy. Because yeah. you and I do unconscious comedy. Yeah, yeah. We're just doing absolute blue collar filth. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is unconscious comedy? Well, that's, that's the a- thing. Like, you can have okay, you can have comedy that doesn't have an agenda behind it. That yeah. doesn't automatically make it like hate speech. It's just comedy no. for the sake of comedy. Yeah. You and- know what I mean? Conscious comedy implies like implies unconscious comedy, which isn't a thing. I'm going to brag on behalf of the comedy community here in that outside, like, okay, one, there's there's the open mic scene where anyone can turn up and just sign up and yep. do it. That's a bit different to working comedians. The community of working comedians, people who've been doing it a while and doing like proper booked rooms and all that sort of stuff, um, whether they're, you know, full-time open micers or not, but to that group is generally pretty pretty accepting of it like you know what i mean there's Dude, not many the people comedy in that community is so fucking progressive yeah <laughs> like is that what we're sort of getting at here yeah that's yeah. so i'm like that's where i'm like what, what i can't think of a we... more progressive community no so where is this unconscious comedy yeah i don't get it. and that we're saying that as two white blokes uh, oh yeah middle class white we're leading blokes, the charge of the yeah. consciousness who do you think right. flying the flag <laughs> exactly we're out in the front yeah exactly <laughs> get, the, we know how to do this we're at the front of the women's march getting <laughs> things done <laughs> Oh man! So um, now I don't, the next thing I want to talk to you about it happened actually later that night. Um, leads us into our next topic. So we went from there. We went to the pub. Yeah, we, we were sitting in the pub. We we're having a chat. Uh, all uh, having a real good just comedy nerd out and um, oh yeah, silently fuming about the lady who'd stopped us with the Sunday. But then. We were joined by one of your podcast fans. Give you first off, give your podcast a plug, and I've got questions. Okay, it <laughs> feels like a bit of an ambush, but uh, it's called "Get Around Me." Get around me. Get around me. The word "me" is pretty, pretty uh, explicit there because it's a solo podcast traditionally. Yep, had a couple of guests on, but it's a solo podcast, and basically, I mean, depending on my weekend, it's mo- it's. Meant to be about 50% yarns from the week, 50% little topics and a couple little segments. The, now, this is the, this is what I want to ask you. Are you a psychopath that 
you can talk on your own for 45 minutes. That is the most. I'm, I say that psychopath is in, a, in an admirable way. That is that yeah. is the hardest skill. Like I struggle to get my words out when I'm talking to someone on this. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, it is. I learned it is its own thing. Yeah, 100%. But the reason I started the solo podcast is because I live out in Manly and I mm. knew no fucking... Half com- most comedians <laughs> don't even drive. Yeah. So I knew no one would want to come and do it. Um, but Which is so, the reason we're doing this in the uh, A-list entertainment offices rather than at my house. Mate. Petersham. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to... It's a bit like Joe Rogan. You don't want to give away the location. No, no. We're in the bunker. We're in the bunker. The A-list bunker. <laughs> we're, we're drinking Artie's beers. We, I can say that because Artie will never, ever listen to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Artie Lang, head of A-list. Uh, but uh, Karen said I could, so... Beautiful. All above board. Mm. So yeah, I did the solo podcast for that reason. And it ended up being a bit of a blessing in disguise because all through COVID, my podcast never, I like gave me something to do during the week and yeah, beautiful. it never stopped. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is its own thing talking, doing it by yourself. It's kind of like, sometimes it feels more like a presentation than a podcast, like as I'm doing it, but it is, I try to make it feel conversational, but it is its own skill. Like the first 50 episodes, I just took off. I'm up to episode 200 now. Yeah. But the first 50 episodes, they were they were crap. Like, in hindsight. Like, at the time, it was the best I can do. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely is its own thing. It took That's, a while. It's an amazing skill. Like, I I have just been doing these... Um, I've just started doing these little uh, short social media clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just me talking to the camera for um, on topics. They're called Barneypedias. Yeah, you were telling me about them. Yeah, yeah, people send a question and I just make up a random answer. Um, but even that, like I'm, and I know I'm just started doing them, so I'm not honed yet, but even that I'm like doing four and five takes and that's like, I literally try and keep them under 50 seconds. But surely it doesn't your Fox Sports stuff come into it? Yeah, it does. But the Fox Sports stuff. Is that teleprompter or how does that work? Um, so we were, when we used to do the, not the NRL news on the Matty John show. We'd often be on teleprompter. The last year, I'm just trying to think if we did in the second last year, we didn't have teleprompter. We just have sort of script and bounce a bit more. Um, teleprompter is its own, that's its own skill too. Like you, when you learn yeah. to read a teleprompter. Like when I first started, first thing I started doing on air, there was the um, NRL stores. Yep. On the, and so that had all been teleprompter. But that suits the stock because it was like infomercial style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reading sort of stilted thing suited that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, where teleprompter can, it's it's a double-edged sword in the sense that like, yes, it's there. But sometimes if you sort of go off, slightly off the script and you've got a oh, teleprompter. Now you're, now you're out to lunch. Yeah. And they just start, you just see the teleprompter. They, they go looking for it in the script and you just see the tele, like the, Oh. Auto cue just scrolling, 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 and you just like, and especially on Maddie Johns, we're on live TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like looking there, and you've got your little script down, and you just sort of glance down, and you. There was a couple of times, <laughs> there's, and I, I can't remember. There was at least once I remember, where um, James actually just went, and if you could scroll back, please auto cue operator. <laughs> And that is hilarious. Called it out on it because we we were just both like just watching this script, and it was like we were like one and a half gags into like you know sort of maybe forty five seconds into an eight minute segment, and oh you're just God, like, oh yeah. man, this is we we need to <laughs> get this back on track. Well, that's a good way to handle it. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. like 
What does it feel like when you're on live TV? I've never been on live TV. Um, Did you have any stuff-ups? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I, like, I'm trying to think. There's nothing nothing that I just flub can a just few words. Yeah. now that I can remember. But it's one of those things where it does... It It's like when you walk on stage doing stand-up. It forces you so much into that moment right here, right now. This is what we're doing. Yeah, this is what's yeah, happening. Yeah. That you, um, you get that nice little adrenaline spike. Yep. And you just... Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. And That's what it's all go. about. That's exactly it. And yeah. yeah. So I'd be exhausted. Like those... When we were doing those Sundays, uh, the Sunday night at the Matty Johns, we would... Like we'd get in for the show that would go to air at 6.30, for the, that would start at 6.30-ish after the game. We would have... we'd would have been in from maybe 9 a.m. So we oh, really? Right. Because you've got to write on the games that afternoon, do you? Or... Yeah, and from yep. what's happened on the Saturday. And then, so we'd write the gags, cut the tape pieces, um, put everything together, write the script for ourselves, get it in the auto queue. Like, we'd basically do that all. And there were days where, like, because you do a full football season. We were, At this stage, we were doing the Friday night show as well. So that was basically written by... Um, myself, James, and occasionally, like we, at different points, we had other people helping write, sort of ladder. Like Nick Ratto came on and wrote on the last season of um, Late Hit for a bit. Ray Badrin spent some time helping yeah, write. Yeah, Taunts. Taunts did yeah, some time yeah, yeah. with us. Um, so that that was, but, and then before that, we had a producer who was, um, you know, the producers, like our first producer, Greg, was an amazing, like he was a, you knew that if Greg, you could get Greg to take his glasses off giggling and wipe his eyes. Um, that, that was, was killing. A, that was a good gag. Yeah. Um, and Johnny, who was our second producer, was good too. And he just, they just chip in with stuff. And Johnny, Johnny was real good at the cutting especially too. And so, I mean, so was Greg. They both were great. But it was basically we'd get, for a lot of it, that time it was most of the writing you know we'd have a meeting on the wednesday people would put in ideas and then we'd flesh it out and most of the writing was maybe three or four people were working on an entire show so by then so by the sunday james and i had already done the friday show about that week's rugby league and then all day sunday <laughs> so then we'd ha yeah we'd have saturday off and you'd wake up saturday feeling like you were hung over even though you'd had a one mid-strength beer before you drove home at the end of the day yeah and then yeah sunday morning you'd go in and there was a couple of sundays where I remember James just looking at me across the desk in our office and he just looks at me and goes, all right, it's 1 p.m. and we have no jokes. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yep. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. <laughs> Especially too, once you get on that time crunch, you have an idea and you lose faith in it so quickly that you'd throw it out. And like we never, there were days where we had like eight ideas, but never locked in on any of them. So we just threw them away. And so, yeah. It, um, but then you'd, get that adrenaline peak from live tv and i'd go home and i'd be more awake than i'd been all weekend yeah that's the thing isn't it mm. anyway yeah. i'm supposed to be talking to you about your stuff no no, no mate it's great uh, welcome to get around <laughs> me with billy darcy today we have andrew <laughs> barnett on talking all things fox sports what a time mm. dude i wish you still had that cricket show because that was my dream gig oh mate that cricket show i was, was like fuck it oh maybe next summer or something i'll bloody slide in here with barney mate that was oh, my dream gig. met warney and i was like oh my god this is going nuts yes it was mate warney was warney was great on yeah. those shows. yeah that was it that was our that was i mean you're obviously a cricket nut i'm a cricket nut like yeah. that was my dream gig too um Mate, we'll hopefully get something back somewhere, some stage. Oh, yeah. Um, and if we do, you know what? 
tune in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. So, but you are actually. Let's talk cricket because you are one of those. Because there's, it's funny in the comedy community, especially. There's you, some cricket lovers. There's some cricket lovers, and yep. you sort of tend to. Um, end up fo- seeking each other out. It's like, you know how they say, like, you know, drug users can always find other oh, drug yeah, users. Yeah, yeah. That's how cricket fans are. Yeah, 100%. In the comedy community. You sort of end up finding each other. So what is your... Did you grow up playing? Like, what's your background? Well, yeah, stuff? my dad froths it. Yeah? Absolutely loves it. Like, so... Played a lot of cricket growing up. Me and my brother. I think I loved it so much, it, like, ruined it for my brother. <laughs> Older brother, younger brother? Younger what are we brother. Talking? A year yeah. younger than me. And he, lo- he loved it, but I was so obsessed with it mm. that I think I, it kind of fucked it for him. So you batter, bowler, what are we talking about? I would open the batting and bowl leg spin. Oh, my God. Yeah, because uh, Warnie's my guy. I bowled <laughs> leg spin because of Warnie. And also, I was very, very small until I was like... I hit puberty at like 23. Like, oh. Yeah, I was not... Um, I was Next t- year, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Yeah. And... But I was like tiny until like year 12. So when I was like 14, 15, I was five foot two or something. So yeah. it, it wasn't really on the cards for me to be a fast bowler. Mm. And, uh, but then I don't know, when I was about 16, 17, probably 16, the leg spin had to go as well because I just wasn't that good. Yeah, just a pure batsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what we'd call these days a part timer with the, uh, bat, the bowling? Like, you know what I mean? It's day four of a test. Oh, um, not, not even that. Mate, like, the frontline guys are dead. No. <laughs> we're just going to get through these overs. Throw it to Manus Labashane or one of those guys. Yeah. Sort of that that style of nah, spin. No, not even that. Beyond the pale. Like, <laughs> when I when I gave it up, I gave it up. Like, I didn't even bowl in the nets. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I was one Oh, of you those were one guys. of those batters. Yeah, I would just, yeah, I would just yeah. hit balls for hours. And, and also, but, like, because uh, I was, like, guess good banter, but also, like, not the best outfielder. Like my arm was pretty average, and I was kind of good at catching. So I would stand at first slip all day oh, and, op- and open the batting, mate. Oh, I would feel that gu- guy. I would feel a gully and first slip for the spinners, and then later on, like first second slip, and I was just in heaven. I didn't want to bowl, mate. You know what I mean? If I was at fucking deep point, I reckon I'd be bowling a little bit more at training. Yeah, because I was in the slips all day because no one else wanted to go in the slips. It was mate, great. I used to love the slips. So I never got a chance because I was a bowler, like especially once I got. Um, like when I was younger, I'd open the like you know fourteens and sixteens. I opened the batting and the bowling for the team. But then, oh, superstar! Uh, not really superstar alert. <laughs> well, it's country cricket, mate. Once, <laughs> but once you sort of go to men's cricket, and you then I and I never loved uh, the like full on pace. Like I was like in the slips. No, 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 batting. Oh right. So I was happy to, and then I'd be tired from like if you bowled first and then batted, I'd be so tired. Yeah, no, fair I'd enough. I just um, I and I preferred bowling because you got more than like if you stuffed up bowling. All right, and just go back. Yeah, do it again. well, that's the thing, isn't like, it? Like that's the thing with batting. I just was, I used to get myself so nervous because I'm like, you can't stuff oh, up. Oh my stuff god, up. yeah, dude. I'm the the mental health issues I had because of batting. Like the problem with batting is it's so final. Yeah. I remember when I was like 17, I had this raging house party on a Friday night and I didn't go because I just got promoted to like third grade the next day or something. And uh, so I had a big grade cricket game. So I didn't go to this house party and mm. it was like one of the one of the biggest ones that had come around. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of talk. Yeah. And I didn't go. So I was fresh for cricket. And the next day I nicked off second ball of the day. Oh. And you're just walking off going, well, fuck, I could have done that hungover. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. thank God I had fucking 11 hours of sleep. Yeah, at so least. So I could give some catching practice to this absolute nerd <laughs> at second slip. You know? Oh, not a champion like a first slipper. Yeah, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Yeah, like you're walking off going, well, you know, that could have been heaps worse. I could have nicked off first ball. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Dude, I remember. I've got, oh, I've got all sorts of horror stories. I, <laughs> I remember one time I did the classic, um, you know, go into bat. That was the other thing with opening. Sometimes you would go in three overs at the end of the day that they were the worst that was the worst especially as like a freaking 15 year old who hasn't hit puberty playing fourth grade or whatever mate get ready get ready to bloody see some toxic masculinity (laughs) up close and personal in 3d yeah i i often wonder when people talk about toxic masculinity and the scene it i was like oh you have you played yeah men's sport as a teenage boy because mate i i remember when when I first started, first season I started playing men's cricket, I got a new cricket bag for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I, just, I loved it. This big, the long grain, you remember the old grey nick ones? The, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, Nice long, one pocket at the end. I just, it was my pride and joy. I loved it, right? Yep. Could finally fit everything in there. It was a proper cricket bag. Yep. Anyway, so first, uh, I was playing a game out at Wangaratta and I um, I used to have to get it like a lift with like, you know, sort of the, the men, blokes, who someone, drive, yeah. blokes who could drive would give you a lift if you were a you know a kid. So I would have been 14, 15 or whatever. So I've thrown, he goes, yeah, throw this this guy. I didn't really know him well. First, you know, he just goes, yeah, throw it on the back seat. So throw it on the back seat. And on the drive over, he's a smoker. So he's smoking in the car because um, it was the 90s and that's what people did. Play on. Yeah. And, uh, and he's ashing out the window. Oh, no. Yeah, it's come back in, landed on my bag, and by the time we get to Wangaratta from Coral, which is about a half-hour trip, there's about three little cigarette burn holes in my brand-new cricket bag. And I was like, look, and he just goes, ah, mate, it'll be right. Yeah, I was about to say. I wouldn't have said anything if I was you. I know. I I just sort of said it out of shock, like, oh, what's that? What? Oh, oh. And he's got, yeah, mate, it'll be right. Don't worry about it. Still works. I'm yeah, like, oh. still works. And I'm just like, you know, you go, because yeah. I'm still a kid, you know? I'm like, no, when you're a kid, you're like, it's fucked. It's, this is, yeah. you know what I mean? You can't comprehend that it's only a tiny hole. Yeah. And now I give you a weird back announce and I get accused of bullying. I mean, this well, is. Well, it's a different like, time. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> I was going to say, you've, you've been, you've played grade cricket. You've been bullied way more than oh, that. Oh, dude, so much. Um, but I remember. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to say, one of the. This happened to me a couple of times, like the classic last over of the day. One time I freaking left a ball last over of the day off stumps near the sight screen somewhere. Oh. And there's a photo of it as well. Because <laughs> we're like the club photographer. And, of uh, course. There's a proper, like me, big leave. Yeah, nice. You know, Good big, form. Big leave. Like <laughs> big stride. And then my the off, wheel, off stumps cartwheeling. And stuff like that. It was like. Because I played soccer growing up as well. Yeah, and I always loved cricket so much more, but I would, I would, I wouldn't admit this until I was a bit older. But c- soccer is more fun and better for you, because just the disappointments and the lows of cricket, soccer can't compete. Well, cricket's also as much as it's a team sport, it's a very individual sport. Yes, Do you know what I mean. Like yeah. you, you play as part of a team, but you perform as an individual. Like no one uh-huh. else is bowling that over with you. No one else yes. is facing that delivery yeah. for you. Yeah, which is good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there were times, I remember when I was heaps into it, there were times where me and my dad would go to the nets before school, like three oh. mornings a week. Then you'd train like bloody two, three arvos a week for your teams. And then you'd just fucking nick off like 
second ball as an opener. Yeah. Playing against men. And you just be like, as a 15-year-old, you're like, Jesus Christ, I put in all that work. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's I and I, I I have a sort of half a bit about this that I do on stage about how sport I I think you underestimate I think we underestimate the importance of going through that sort of stuff oh, in sport as a kid. Could not agree more. Because you you're dealing with okay, you've done all the preparation, you failed. What are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna play cricket again next week because that's what you do. Like Yeah. None of it's failure's not final. Yep. 100%. Success isn't final. You just keep going. And it, there's a lot of like cricket is like I don't know I feel like I'm starting to sound like my dad here but because uh, <laughs> uh, but like cr- he would always say cricket's the great leveler it you is you know because and it goes the opposite way like one week you you hit a hundred the next week I bloody stride out swinging the bat thinking I'm fucking Ricky Ponting yeah exactly guarantee you're not getting any runs that day Mate. you know you've hit it you've tried to hit a massive cover drive early on you're you've you've dragged on or something. Oh shit! You got arrogant. You lost focus. You, you know what I mean. You Mate, thought you were God's gift. That's it. Get back to what you were doing. Like, which, which is where I think, like, and I, I think now I see everything in parallels to comedy. But comedy's in some ways similar in that. Oh, massively. Like, they were, when we a couple of tours ago, we did the Wagga gig on the first night. Oh yeah. And it just couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. But the next night we're in Wodonga. They didn't give a shit how well the gig went last yep, night. Yep. You rode nothing. Give us give us the show, mate. Yeah, that's like uh, when I went like Perth Fringe or something, you've been doing like multiple spots in a night. Oh, yeah. So you kill you kill a spot and then you run down the street to the next one and you get on stage like, oh, you're welcome, I'm here. And then like you're just out the gate kind of bombing because like, well, maybe you have a go at someone you shouldn't have because you've got all, you've still, you're still playing to the last room. Yeah. These people have no idea. But yeah, it's a clean slate. I had, and this is it depresses me to think about it. So this year, Melbourne Comedy Festival, I did my last show, and it was it just it clicked. It was great, good crowd, like everything went well, everything hit. The show probably went probably about four or five minutes longer than it had been running every other night. That's because of all the laughs. Yeah, because lad. it was just I was just in it, having fun, and then. So then I went down and I had a late spot at uh, oh, no. at the Toff down the road. Yeah. And I went in and I probably bombed harder than I bombed that whole run. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I was like, I walked off and uh, I was like, that was terrible. And someone backstage said, nah, man, it was, it was fine. Don't worry about it. Like it was, you know. Don't, don't. And then I noticed Bart Freeman, who was the MC, doing material. And I'm like, oh man, he's resetting. It went way worse than I oh, thought. Oh no! <laughs> it was horrendous. It was yeah, know. because you and you that, was from, that was my takeaway. That was my takeaway from a whole month's worth of gigs. Oh, I just got greedy. Just wanted one more. Just one more. I know. And I oh, it was it was horrendous. I, I I'll I'll tell you this one hundred percent. Any time I've gone on stage thinking I'm the fucking man, it's yeah, never gone well. You want to think you're the man. But you want to, you want to fear you. You know what I mean. You got to be right in the middle. Yeah. You need the the. You need enough confidence to walk out there and fucking rip it. But you need the self awareness to be like, you're not the man. You're owed nothing. You got to get in the pocket here. Yeah. But yeah, anytime exactly. I haven't done that and I've just thought I'm God's gift, without without fail, it will go badly. So when did you start comedy? Like, how did you get into it? I started when I was. I actually did one gig when I was eighteen. How old are you now? You're like... 27. 27? Yeah. Wow, that's a while ago then. Like, Well, no, no, no. Because I did one gig and then I didn't do it for like two years. 
Yeah. For whatever reason. Oh, I just didn't really want to do it at the time. Like I just did it as like more of a bucket list thing. I just wanted to yeah. try it. And then we all lie to ourselves like that, don't we? Well, yeah, I didn't know. So originally I wanted to play cricket for Australia. But then didn't we all? Yeah, I remember <laughs> You were probably closer than most of us, but <laughs> Well, no, I remember one time I was I remember I just had this like crystallizing moment where I was playing grade cricket and there was this kid Jack Edwards who plays for New South Wales and yep. the Sixers now. And uh, he was batting. He was about 13 and I was 17. And I remember thinking, fuck. And we put on about 120 or something. He got 50, I got 50. And I remember he hit a couple of shots and I thought, this kid's fucking better than me. And he's he's 13. And I thought, mate, can you... And I thought, how good is he going to be when he's 17? And then I was just like, whoa, okay, we need... We need a plan B here, Bill. This is not... <laughs> well, and so you, you went to the safety of stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's time to... Well, what I did... I did a year of psychology at uni. Oh, really? That went... Like, I didn't know what I was getting into there. Which uni? Macquarie. Okay, nice. Uh, I remember the first lecture, the guy said, psychology is a science. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I thought we were just going <laughs> to talk about our feelings and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was more like that sort. Of, I thought it's it was not more, therapy. It is a course in psychology. Yeah, I thought it was more like wordy, you know. <laughs> so it's a lot of there's a lot of statistics behind psychology, guys. You should trust them. Yeah, uh, that's what I gained from my two semesters of psychology. These people know what they're talking about. Yeah, my sister's a dietitian. I'm pretty sure she did a lot of statistics subjects. And yeah, there's a reason for all that. Oh my god, horrendous. Anyway, then I actually went and played a season of cricket in England. Oh nice, just to take a year off because I didn't know what to do. Oh, uh, yeah. And I didn't want to go Just, to uni. Oh, this is a nice time filler, doing the thing that so many of us would have loved to have done but had no ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was fun. It was great. But also, like, uh, in hindsight, I guess my parents wouldn't have cared what I did because they're still supporting me in this current career. <laughs> but but at the time, I remember thinking, dude, if I don't go back to uni, i got to fucking do something. Because mm. mum and dad, it's not going to be chill if I'm just hanging around doing nothing. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me just go to England for a year. Let me get out of here. And then at the back end of this England thing, I was like, I think comedy is going to be my thing. I think I'm going to go back and get back into it. And then when I came back, I did Dante's comedy course when I came back, actually. You did that course? I did that course, yeah. See, he he claimed on his website that I did that course. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not. Nowhere near I remember that when course. I first started, you used to come out dressed up as the judge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> were you in that? Were you? No. Oh my god. Where, where so, would I talk about this? So there used to be a comedy competition called the Comedy Court, and the host would have to dress up. You tell the story. I'm editing it out. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, you can tell the story. No, no. no. <laughs> but um, Barney would have to dress up as a judge with like the white wig, black robe, and like the gavel, and you would have to MC in that outfit. Yep. And it was weird because you would come out and be like, "Welcome to the Comedy Court." I'm. Judge Barnett, rah, rah, rah. and then you would just have to like go into material, yeah, not related to court at all, mate. <laughs> that was you'd be like. So anyway, I was on the bus the other day, and then you just stop being the judge, and then you'd be like, "All right, it's time to start the comedy competition." That was a um, that was just such a weird time because that room. Right, I'm black banned from that room now. Um, I'm banned as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a rite of passage in Sydney comedy, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I used to, it was just stage time. And I realised... Oh, I did his gigs for years. Well, I realised early doors, that was a place. Because that was one of the first places I emceed a lot. Because I was just reliable for him that I'd turn up if I said I was going to turn up and, you know, follow his silly rules and whatever. But you... um, He never... He didn't really watch 
what you were doing content wise as much as as long as you did the plugs for his other shows like you gotta oh, gotta plug the Motown show you gotta do that this was the thing yeah yeah you had so much leeway to do whatever you want the audiences were all um I don't know how he got them in there they were the most they were always internationals yeah they were the most general audience so it's a middle of the road room so if you could get something to work there it would work most places yeah um but they were never coming back to comedy. No. It was so far off the rest of the comedy scene that you could really take some big swings and if it didn't work, you weren't hurting yourself. As long as you stuck to your time and yeah. like did the necessary thing, got there on time, stuck to your time. One time, because he would play you off if you went over time. He'd just play music. Yeah, over, yeah. Like, so you'd just be halfway through a joke. And then and DJ then like, started. And, like, you'd just, and then you just have to awkwardly stand there while like fucking pop music from the 90s is playing full blast and then you just have to be like oh, okay sorry thank you and yeah just walk off everyone would be like what the hell Mate, i remember doing that did you ever do his so the friday night was comedy court which was a competition and then saturday night was hour of power oh was, i did them all yeah I yeah, did yeah. Them all, yeah so i remember doing the hour show one night rocking up and so he had the thing where you um if you said you'd bring audience members that was the fast track you get on these shows Oh, dude. so yeah, I remember bringing my friends to this. I remember, so I'm getting like PTSD talking. Oh, about mate, this. well, <laughs> strap in. So I got there's me, there's um, Joe Camino. Do you remember? Yeah, he yeah. used to be Joe Miss. I think he just stopped as I sort of started. Yeah, I caught the end of Joe Camino. So Joe, me, Joe, and Andrew Wolf were there. I was hosting. Those two were on, and then he had um, there was someone who just done his comedy course, and um. Then he, someone had turned up, someone no-showed, and then the other person turned up having, um, and but didn't bring the people <laughs> that they said they'd bring. And so we had to fill, it was called an hour of power, but it was a 90-minute show. We had to fill this with me, and me, Wolfie, and Joe are all, you know, like... Pretty two, new. Two years in, two, yeah. three years into comedy. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there, and then he's, he's this guy's turned up, ready to do the show and he because he didn't bring audience members he said no he's not on the show i'm like we, we, we kind of need him to fill the time yeah so i remember going to the boys i'm like okay we just we've got to fill this just do as i said to the person who just done the course i said because i think you finished the course you had to do three minutes yeah i think so maybe three minutes maybe four and so they were planning on doing their three minute set i said how long do you reckon how long have you got uh he's got oh, i could um I could probably stretch it to four if they're laughing. Oh <laughs> and I was like, God. I said, don't, don't try and, and then I've got a few ideas. Maybe I could, I said, just do, do what you were going to do. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like you got a bomb. This is I not said, your war soldier. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And then I just went to Wolfie and, um, Wolfie and Joe. I said, listen, I'm going to go up there to open the show. I'm going to go for as long as I can before it gets weird. I'll bring one of you on, go for as long as you can. <laughs> And so we're just all like, oh. but I used to love those situations though. When you're like a year and a half, two years in, yeah. no one would let you go on stage for that long. No, I remember one time someone dropped out of a gig and uh, I got to do 20 minutes. And oh. I remember like the most I had done before that was like 11. And I remember the gig went okay. Um, I remember JJ Mullard headlined and like destroyed, but uh, the gig went okay. But I remember being like, like once you get to like, once I got to like 12 minutes, I was like, dude, this is fucking uncharted from here. Yeah, who knows what's gonna happen, like, um, mate? I'm playing with banks money, the bank's money. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like the experience was uh, like outweighed anything that could happen on stage. It's like I'm standing here, seventeen so. minutes in. I'm standing <laughs> here, dude. So you are a graduate of 
that course. Wow, that is that's insane. I'm a testament to the great education that man provides. Yeah, yeah. Katie Birch, I believe, was it? Katie Birch. I think she's the, no, the actual great. only gun that came out of there. Maybe Wolfie. No, I don't think don't Wolfie ever did the course. Wolfie would be furious. I don't think Wolfie ever did I the course. I lies about him. Wolfie, yeah. Wolfie was. Wolfie probably got put on the website as well. Oh, yeah. Because there was a few of us who got put on the website that never had anything to do with the course. Yeah. So, um, I don't know why he thought putting our names on the course would have got anything. Yeah, I know. Especially, I mean, I'm four years in the comedy. And then he got mad at me because I started hosting a bit at the comedy store and cancelled a couple of gigs on him. Oh, because that's why I got banned, yeah. Yeah. Not and, for hosting, but just for, do like... He would book you in four-month increments. Yeah. And then you'd be like, you know, also like just starting to do the comedy store. I I emailed him once and said, hey, mate, I need a book. I need to cancel these two unpaid spots you've got me down for like three months from now because I've just been booked to the comedy store. It's a massive opportunity. And I even put it on a bit thick. I said, I really need the money. Yeah. And he said, no worries. Appreciate your honesty. Um, I'll take away all your other spots in the three months prior and that'll give you some time to think about where your priorities are. And, like, that oh, happened, man. like, three times. I got banned, like, three times. And the thing was, like, I wanted to do his gigs. But, like, he was such a stickler. He kept banning you for the most ridiculous yeah. shit. I, I, I maintain it was a great place to learn. It was oh, really good. so many gigs there, yeah. yeah. And it was it was stage time and you could make mistakes and you could... Yeah, and there was a bit there where he was doing 15-minute spots. And yeah. I, yeah. And I was, like, invaluable. I did a couple of lunch gigs with him on a Friday. It was... Yeah, Freddie did one of those. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a great... But I forgot Freddie used to do them, too. Oh, yeah. I think Freddie taught the course at one stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I know. I think he was, like, three <laughs> years into comedy and he was teaching the course. Uh, that is... Yeah. That's the comedy scene for you, though. There's, there's always someone willing to sell you something. He, I don't know. I think the comedy scene is a lot more accessible than when I first started as well. Yeah. Because also, when I started, it was like podcasts had just So what year started. are we talking? I started in 2015. 2015. Yeah, yeah. So at the time, Joe Rogan had a podcast. And that was about it. Whatever but, happened to that guy? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a mystery. Mm. I heard he went to medicine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but now, you can listen to fucking millions of hours of podcasts about stand-up every week. And, you know what I mean? It just And there's so many open mics and there's the Facebook groups and stuff like... When I first started, there was mug and kettle. You yep. put your name in the bucket. Sometimes you get on at like 11.30 to know people. And then there was po- pause comedy at the Newtown Hotel. And that was 3 p.m. on a Monday. You had to refresh the Facebook page. Oh, wow. And comment like, it was like first in best dress. Looking back, the most fucking cruel sign-up thing ever. Mm. I'd be on the bus on the way home from uni, refreshing <laughs> my fucking... Is this the psychology course still? No, I transferred to media in the end. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you complete the degree? I did, yeah, but I didn't do it. Like... I got like a year, by the time I got like a year or two into media, I was all in on stand-up. Yeah. So then I just completed it and then just threw it in the bin, basically. Well, you're probably using some of the skills you learnt, though. Um, Surely. I, I did a lot of radio stuff, so if I get any radio work. Well, your podcast is... Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, probably yeah. probably applying those skills there. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Now, speaking of stand-up, I'm just looking at the clock. We do yeah, need to I get do you to, bail, to your yeah. spot. Um, mate, thank you very much for doing this. Before you go, though, plug your podcast, plug your socials, plug everything else. and uh, Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so my podcast is called Get Around Me, and it's a solo podcast uh, with the occasional guest, mostly yarns from my weekend and then a couple of segments, mostly ripping on celebrities. And oh, what have they ever done to you, Billy? Oh, mate, plenty. And <laughs> and then yeah, it's just Billy Darcy on Instagram, Billy Darcy Facebook, Billy Darcy YouTube, 
and that's it yeah i got heaps of stand-up clips on my youtube and uh and instagram and stuff so check them out that's that there you go check out billy uh as always my name is andrew bunnett comedy on instagram uh and twitter i think i don't really do that much anymore. i'm not on twitter anymore andrew bunnett on facebook and uh yeah if you're watching this on youtube then uh, you know where that is it's just andrew bunnett comedy on youtube but uh thanks very much and we'll catch you next time thanks billy (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>